and the broad illuminated dome set into the gilded ceiling made him feel like a flying saucer was hovering overhead, waiting to spirit him away. Or perhaps that was just wishful thinking. Devereux was aware that his attention was wandering. His head kept filling with images of the flawless monochrome interior of his apartment in the city federal building. It was only a couple of blocks away. Could he sneak out, head over there, grab a beer, listen to some real music, and be back before the final curtain? There was time. But no. He couldn't take the chance. Alexandra would notice. She'd be upset, and that was the last thing he wanted. So he fixed a smile on his face, dragged his attention back to the stage, and realized he'd lost track of what was happening. This Valjean guy and his cronies wanted to go beyond some barricades? Okay. But weren't they the ones who'd built the barricades? Why pick that spot if they wanted to go past? Why not build the barricades farther away? And why stand around singing about their own lack of planning skills? What was the point in that? Before he could torment himself any longer, Devereux felt his phone begin to vibrate. He discreetly checked the number and saw it was his boss, Lieutenant Hale. An opportunity to escape? Devereux felt a flood of relief wash over him. He turned to mime 911 to Alexandra and felt a tiny part of that relief turn to guilt as she shot him daggers in return. Then he pushed the feelings away, slipped into the aisle, and hurried to the foyer to answer the call. Cooper? Apologies, I didn't want to pull you out of the show. Hale's voice sounded distant and hollow, so Devereux guessed she had him on speakerphone. Don't worry about it. Devereux crossed to the ornate, circular, four-person, French-style lounge chair below the chandelier in the center of the rectangular space. No one else was sitting on it, but Devereux decided he'd prefer to stand anyway. You're not enjoying it? Hale sounded surprised. Actually, that can wait. We've got a situation. At a school out on 31st Street, southwest, near Jefferson Avenue. Jones Valley? Right. You know it? I went to it. For a while, anyway. It was my first high school. You must be mixing it up with somewhere else. This one's a middle school. It's the same place, so they changed it after I left. What happened there? A fire. A big one. Lots of damage by the sound of it. Anyone hurt? No reports of any casualties. Shouldn't have been any kids around, as it's not a weekday, and there's no on-site janitor or maintenance guys anymore. Good. Want me to head over there? No, no point. The uniforms are already canvassing the area, and no one will be able to get into the school itself for another couple of days because it's not safe. But listen. A battalion chief from Fire and Rescue just called. This isn't confirmed yet. His science guys need more time to collect samples and run tests but his gut feels that the blaze was started deliberately. Lightning striking twice. What do you mean? Papers rustled on Hale's desk. There's no mention of previous fires in the report. It was a long time ago. Devereux glared at an usher who'd appeared from an anteroom at the far end of the lobby, apparently ready to shush him. November 11th, 1961. The date was in the school crest. Some crazy student torched the place, burned it to the ground. Maybe history's repeating itself. Maybe it is, but we'll get to that later. For now, step one is to interview the witnesses. 
The battalion chief needs some very specific information until the lab work comes back. He laid it out in an email, which I'll forward to you. The uniforms have got the local residents covered, but we also have a passerby who called 911. I want you and Tommy to go talk to him, right away while his memory's still fresh, and before he reads anything about it in the press. I'll include his deets in the email. Devereux crossed the shiny black-and-white tiled floor, stepped outside, and paused beneath the illuminated canopy on 3rd Avenue as he felt the warm air engulf him. He imagined his old school in flames and couldn't help but smile, not because he'd particularly disliked the place, but because he was struck by the irony. Today he was being sent to investigate the fire. Back when he was a student, he'd have been the first one the police would have blamed for it. Labor omnia vincit, the school motto said. Labor overcomes all difficulties. <laughs>